The St. Louis Cardinals are set to rely on a lot of their young and talented players in 2023. And the future appears bright with the guys who aren't even on the major league roster yet. So what tools do guys like Jordan Walker, Mason Wynn, and Tink Hintz provide that make them worth keeping instead of trading away to help this team in 2023? Plus, what Cardinals prospect, who didn't make the top 100 list, could make a big impact on this season's team. This is Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm J.D. Haffern, and I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou and a lifetime Cardinals fan. And I'm your host for Locked on Cardinals, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, covering your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter at J.D. Sports Radio. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals. I want to thank those of you who make Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. We're also available on YouTube. Make sure you like and subscribe and comment to interact with us. Hit that notification button so you know when the new episodes are posted. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Now, it's no secret that the Cardinals are betting on their young and talented players in 2023. Now, we don't know how many trade offers were out there. But from all of the rumors and whispers that, you know, were swirling around at the start of the offseason, we could surmise that other teams around the league were certainly interested in acquiring some of that young talent that the Cardinals have built in exchange for veteran players that could have helped this Cardinals team in 2023. In fact, uh, you know, I, I was one of the guys that was pulling for that. I'm like, yeah, let's let's try this go-all-in type of uh, scenario. Uh, we heard Dylan Carlson's name involved in rumors for Juan Soto last year. Uh, Lars Newbar became a popular name in talks with guys like the Blue Jays, uh, Mason Wynn and Brendan Donovan. Those names were thrown out there with deals swirling around Sean Murphy and the Oakland A's. Uh, you heard about Norlin Gore Nolan Gorman's name, Gordon Graceffo, Tink Hentz, on and on and on and on it went. I'm sure some teams at least asked about Jordan Walker. I'm sure it happened and were probably politely shot down or at least laughed at and then hung up on real fast. But when you have multiple trade partners out there and the names of the players that they are asking for seem to be scrambled, that's a good thing, right? That means you've got a lot of talent. It means you've got multiple players with talent that other teams find valuable and want and want and you know find them enticing so much that the possibility of getting all-stars like Juan Soto, Sean Murphy, Alejandro Kirk, that was a reality for a little bit there. And those are just the names that we know about. Mo more than likely had discussions with a, a few other teams like the Marlins uh, when, it, when it came to their pitching staff. We know their name was brought up there. Uh, we don't know who else could have been on the other line, but we know that the Cardinals have legitimate young talent and instead of trading them away this offseason, they've decided to keep them in the organization in hopes that they can blossom and that they can flourish to not only help the team this year, but for years to come. They weren't ready to mortgage the entire future just for what's going to happen this year and maybe even next year. Now, some argue that doing this is putting your current season at risk. 
Again, I've been one of those guys who has been pro more aggressive with trading your prospects, using them to acquire guys to bring on this team now that already has so much going for it. Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt. Now you've got Wilson Contreras in the mix. That's your heart of the order. Imagine adding another like massive bat, which is one of the reasons why during free agency, I didn't think it was out of the realm of possibilities for them to go get one of those shortstops. But the price tag became very, very expensive, as we know. And it didn't look like the Cardinals were thinking that the guys that were available were that much of an upgrade over who they had in Tommy Edmond to make that kind of uh, commitment financially. And maybe the issue hasn't been that the Cardinals haven't been aggressive. That that may not even be the case, but that the level of pitcher that, uh, that they want to acquire is either not available or is so outlandish when you asked what it would take to get him that it would be foolish to make such a deal. Okay, we, we don't know if they've gone and asked, you know, Cleveland about Shane Bieber. We, we don't know. It's never been brought up, but it's a name that a lot of us thought would be a possibility that they might chase after. We don't know. We didn't hear anything about him. We did hear about uh, the Pablo Lopez deal to the Twins, that uh, that was the last trade that the Cardinals were rumored to be kind of circling around as well, that maybe Pablo Lopez would be a good fit. The Twins ended up giving up the reigning AL batting champion to, to pull him out of Miami. And the Cardinals don't have just a batting champion laying around that they can get rid of to deal. They don't. Uh, and we pointed out that as much as we want the team to make deals and bring in some new blood just to kind of excite the fan base a little bit, was Pablo Lopez really the answer? Was that the guy that this team needed? Or was it just us hoping that they'd make a deal just for fun? You know, um, I feel like it's more of the latter than it would be somebody who would have made that big of a difference on this team this year. Um, he probably would have been just another good pitcher amongst other good pitchers. Nothing special, nothing great, nothing elite, just good. And it's why when the Marlins trade talk was popping up, I suggested that the guys actually, you know, entertain the idea of going after somebody like Trevor Rogers or a Jesus Lazardo or Edward Cabrera. The reason being players who may not have reached the level of Pablo Lopez yet, but have like the ceiling to go and become an ace, right? Where Pablo Lopez, he might've already, he might've already hit where his ceiling is. Like, I don't know if he's going to get any better, but those three guys possibly could, you know, wow, stratosphere, right? They've got the talent. Uh, and, I, and I feel they have a higher ceiling than Lopez. So that's why I brought that up in a previous episode, but here we are. Uh, we're about, what is this? Today's the fourth. We're doing this on a Saturday, a little weekend edition. Um, we're about two weeks away from pitchers and catchers reporting on February 15th. And then the uh, Cardinals have uh, all their prospects still in the organization. And uh, the question is, what are some of the tools that make these guys special? So special that they were worth hanging on to instead of trading away for other guys. You're going to find out what these special tools that these guys possess next on Locked on Cardinals. Now this year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book, and we're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they are the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. The reason being is that they have so many great features for you to choose from to make betting on sports fun and easy. And that's what you want. Like, you want it to be fun. It's, it's not fun 
you know, just not understanding what's going on on the app or uh, the different betting lines and then being confused, losing your money and being like, what was the point of all that? That's the point of FanDuel is to make things easier for you and to make it more fun. So what I suggest you do is download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no sweat first bet. What is that? Well, you're going to get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Understand that. Up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who's going to score a touchdown. Eagles currently still favored by one and a half. Um, Mahomes still dealing with the ankle sprain, but, you know, he was dealing with it against the Bengals and pulled off the victory. So uh, who do you think is going to win this game? Put some money on that. You can put money on who the MVP is going to be. Uh, that game against the Bengals for, for the Chiefs, Chris Jones dominated. Could he have another game like that? Take away the MVP. It's a possibility. His odds aren't great compared to a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes because normally it's an offensive player and normally it's a quarterback that wins that MVP award. But that's the beauty of this is there's so many ways you can bet. ton of game special bets as well, like uh, receiving or rushing yards and a half by particular players. Who's scoring the touchdowns? How many points these teams will have combined in a quarter? All of it is available. The Vandal Sportsbook app, if you haven't tried it yet, it's safe, it's secure, it's super easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid instantly. When you get weddings, instantly goes to your account. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Thank you again for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. Be sure to check out Locked On MLB Prospects as well. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Lindsey's one of those guys, too, that plans everything out. Like, he's got weeks and weeks of material set and ready to go. Uh, for all of you who are interested in talking about prospects, not only on the Cardinals, but around Major League Baseball. I know it's exciting. Like doing this particular episode, it was fun uh, taking a look at the other prospects around the league other than just the Cardinals. And that's uh, that's that's what MLB Prospects is all about. So if you, you haven't listened to it yet in the podcast or, or on YouTube, be sure to give them a, give them a whirl. Now uh, let's get back to what we are just talking about today as far as prospects. Uh, Jim Callis at MLB.com put out another article having to do with the top prospects in the league, they just recently released their top 100, the MLB pop line, uh, pipeline top 100, and five Cardinals were on there, which was great. You know, that, that was some of the most uh, in all of baseball. You had uh, Jordan Walker at number four overall, shortstop Mason Wynn at number 50, right-handed pitcher Tink Hintz at number 77, right-handed pitcher Gordon Graceffo at 79, and then outfielder Alec Burleson at number 91. So what Callis did was put a, a list together of the top tools. Uh, amongst those top 100 prospects. And he gives an overall winner of the category. And then he names some runner-ups who, you know, just fell a little bit short of not being the best of the best. And these are the categories that he used. Uh, he's got for everyday players, your best hitter, your best power, fastest runner, best arm, and best defender. For the pitchers, he's got the best fastball, best curveball, best slider, best changeup, and then the best overall control. Now, I wouldn't be bringing all of this up if the Cardinals weren't on this list at some point. Uh, they got a couple of guys in these categories, and actually one 
one of those categories. So we're going to start with the hitting. Uh, best hitter goes to Brewers outfield prospect Sal Freilich, who is ranked number 30 overall in the top 100, hit 331 in the minors since getting drafted 15th overall out of Boston College in 2021. Just for reference, that uh, same season, the Cardinals took pitcher Michael McGreevy at number 18, in case you were wondering. Uh, the runner-ups to best hitter were Tamar Johnson at second base with the Pirates, infielder Curtis Mead with the Rays, and infielder-outfielder Miguel Vargas with the Dodgers. So no mention of any Cardinals in that category, which shocked me a little bit. I thought Walker might get some love in that particular one, but he did not. Moving on to best power, that one went to Mets catching prospect Francisco Alvarez, who is the number three overall ranked uh, prospect in all of baseball. He has 58 home runs and a 526 slugging percentage in 253 minor league games. So that's pretty good. And uh, he hit a 439-foot home run last October, and it made him the youngest catcher at the age of 20 to hit a home run in the majors since Ivan Rodriguez did it back in 1992. All right. Um, since then, Alvarez has turned 21, so he's no longer uh, the 20-year-old. Uh, Runner-ups in this category for best power, you had shortstop Gunnar Henderson from the Orioles, who's the number one overall prospect in the pipeline. Uh, giant shortstop prospect of Marco Luciano at number 22 overall. And then we get our first Cardinal. Cardinals outfielder Jordan Walker. And uh, Walker, just want to point out, is the youngest of the bunch at, at uh, 20 years old. So his power still developing, all right, as he continues to grow into his massive six foot five frame. He's uh, what, 220 pounds is what they have him listed at. He's probably bigger than that now. He probably is. And it's turning into muscle. And he's just, you know, turning into this, this, this Hulk, if you will, uh, to go out and play right field. Uh, hit 19 dingers last year at AA Springfield. And depending on, how the spring goes, he could start this season on the major league roster. It is a possibility, uh, but if he doesn't, he has to go down to Memphis. So be it. He's just a phone call away. Not not a, anything huge. If he doesn't start, you know, it's not going to be this. I don't think personally, it's going to be a huge disappointment if he doesn't start the team uh, on the team this year. I really don't. I, I think that the Cardinals have enough enough depth in the outfield and barring any injuries. I feel like they have the capability of starting him at Memphis. But if he goes off in the spring, you know, with all these guys playing in the World Baseball Classic and he is just crushing the ball down in Jupiter, then you got to put him on the team. You just have to. Um, there's no reason to hold him back any longer. Moving on to fastest runner. That one went to Diamondbacks outfield prospect Corbin Carroll, number 16 overall in the 2019 draft. Uh, the Cardinals that season, in case you're wondering. Uh, took picture took picture uh, Zach Thompson at number 19. Thompson going to be up on the roster this year, we think. Uh, he was last year for a while, but we think he'll stay up there this year. Now, Carroll did have a cup of coffee with the team last September, and he ran the fastest sprint speed of the majors at 30.7. For reference, because we know how fast Tyler O'Neill is, the Cardinals' highest was Bro Neal. He was at 29.8, so he's not that far off, but that just shows you how fast Corbin Carroll is. Uh, Tyler O'Neill's 29.8 was 16th overall uh, in sprint speed last year. But none of the Cardinals prospects were mentioned here either. Moving on to best defense, that went to Cubs outfield prospect Pete Crow Armstrong. He was the 19th overall pick in 2021, same year that the Cardinals got Jordan Walker at number 21. Um, no Cardinals mentioned in best defense either. Oh, well. But finally, here we go. Ding, ding, ding. Best arm of the bunch. The Cardinals 
have themselves a winner. Best arm in, out of all of the prospects in the top 100 of Major League Baseball, best arm, according to Jim Callis, belongs to Cardinal shortstop Mason Wynn. A round of applause for Mason Wynn right there. Now, here's the write-up that Callis said about Wynn in this article. He says, some teams preferred Wynn as a pitcher after he pushed his fastball to 98 miles per hour as a Texas high schooler, but the Cardinals made him a full-time shortstop shortly after selecting him in 2022 second round. He uses his elite arm strength to make throws uh, most shortstops can't and was clocked at 100.5 miles per hour across the infield at the Sirius XM All-Star Futures game last July. Now, most of you have seen that clip, I'm sure. Uh, it was something to behold, especially when everybody was kissing O'Neal Cruz's butt over at the Pirates for having this cannon of an arm, and Mason Wynn's like, well, yeah, hey, hey, hey. I may be a double A, but I can throw it just as hard as him, and I'm not 6'7". Uh, we know Mason's got that cannon, but maybe something and uh, that you might learn if you read this article um, that people are starting to overlook and maybe shouldn't now is brought up in the runner-up section of this particular category. So best arm goes to win. Uh, you know who else was uh, brought up in this one as best arm as a runner-up? That is Jordan Walker. Jordan Walker was a runner-up for this uh, straight thunderbolt for a right arm. And maybe you didn't know this. In the Arizona Fall League, he was clocked at 99.5 miles per hour from the outfield. For reference, the highest league average throw from the outfield went to Nate Eaton, of the Royals at 98.1. On average, 98.1. Jordan Walker threw one 99.5. Not saying he's going to average 99.5 from right field every time, but that's how hard he can throw it. He's almost to 100 miles an hour coming from right field. So he's got the power. He's got the cannon. Now he's got to learn to play outfield, which uh, from every interview I've heard is coming along pretty well. So the Cardinals double dip in the arm strength category with both Wynn and Walker. Up next, we're going to talk about the pitching categories, and the Cardinals had a prospect show up in there as well. Plus, which non-top 100 prospect is considered the best one in the organization? You're going to find out next on Locked on Cardinals. On to the pitching tools, and we begin with the best fastball, which went to the Cleveland Guardians right-handed pitcher, Daniel Espino. Uh, the number 16 overall prospect, whose uh, heater, Jim says, sits at 95 to 98, reaches 103 with plenty of arm side run and the carry up in the strike zone has helped him average 14.9 strikeouts per nine innings as a pro. Uh, that's some gas. Uh, 103. Can you imagine? You know, we get all crazy about Jordan Hicks hitting 103 as well. So I guess we've seen it enough. And Jordan's got some sink on his as well. So, I mean, that. That's pretty good. <laughs> um, Jim also brings up uh, Cade Cavalli of the Nationals, Bobby Miller of the Dodgers, and Grayson Rodriguez of the Orioles for best fastball, nothing for the Cardinals. Best slider goes to Espino as well, with runner-ups Jackson Job of the Tigers, Max Meyer of the Marlins, and once again, Bobby Miller of the Dodgers. Just in case you were wondering, Bobby Miller is the number 24 overall prospect in the top 100. Uh, best changeup goes to Grayson Rodriguez of the Orioles. He's the number seven overall prospect in baseball. Best control goes to Andrew Painter of the Phillies. He's the number six overall prospect. Uh, Rodriguez is brought up here as well. Uh, FYI, Rodriguez was the number 11 pick in the 2018 draft. They, you know, they keep bringing his name up. So I always like to tell you where the Cardinals went and what they did in these situations when these prospects get drafted. Uh, Rodriguez went number 11. The Cardinals were at number 19 and took Nolan Gorman. 
and uh, also have the guy that was taken number 16 that year as well. That's Matthew Liberatore. Uh, we're going to talk about him in a minute, but hang on. Last category when it came to the pitchers was best curveball, and although it went to Hunter Brown of the Houston Astros, he's the number 43 overall prospect. The Cardinals did get a mention in the runner-ups. Cade Cavalli of the Nationals is here again, Quinn Priester of the Pirates, and then we've got the Cardinals' young righty, Tink Hentz, in the runners-up. Um, and this is the scouting write-up when it comes to Hens. Uh, Looked like one of the most promising arms in the minor leagues in 2022. His mid-90s fastball, which touched 99 last year, explodes up in the zone and often leaves batters hacking and swinging below the pitch. As if that wasn't enough, he'll drop in an upper 70s curveball with bite that gives him another with heavy option below the knees. His mid-80s fading changeup gives him three above-average off-speed pitches, while his low 80s slider presents an average, more horizontal breaking look to deepen the repertoire, which is a great word, by the way. Um, so he gets uh, he gets honorable mention here, if you will, about uh, having this great curveball. And the funny thing is, I was reading an interview uh, that Hens did on Fangraphs, and he doesn't even talk about his curveball. They asked him what his best pitch was, and he says his fastball and then mentioned his changeup next. So if they think his curveball is that elite and he thinks it's like his third best pitch, I think we're in for a real treat with Tink, Tink Hintz. Um, you know, he's got he's got good stuff. Now, again, they had him on a restriction when it came to innings last year. Uh, they were they started him out where he could only throw three innings and they increased it up to like 50 pitches after a while, but um, the reason they did that is because he's young. I want you to think about this for a moment. You've got, this is, you know, the prospects we're talking about. Tink Hens is 20 years old. Uh, Jordan Walker is 20 years old. Mason Wynn, guess how old he is? 20 years old. If you said 20, you're correct. Uh, Gordon Graceffo is only 22. Nolan Gorman is 22. You know, these are big pieces of your future. Uh, of course, you don't know when some of these guys are going to make it up to the big leagues, but look how young and talented they are. You know, um, Walker and most certainly Gorman is expected to impact the team this season. We don't, we don't know if Jordan Walker, I'm not going to say Jordan Walker is going to be on this team and he's going to dominate and be the rookie of the year. I'm not prepared to say that yet, but we know Nolan Gorman is going to be on this team. There's really no reason for him to be down in the minors. He's going to play second. He's going to play third. He's going to DH. He's going to be a left-handed power back. He's something they're banking on doing good things for the team this year. Uh, and I'm excited about it. I'm definitely excited uh, to see how he impacts the team. Uh, I, I, I didn't like the fact that some people weren't high on Gorman after what he showed at the major league level last year. Uh, I think that people are too quick to move on from a young prospect. So um, I'm excited for Nolan Gorman. I think he's got a bright future. So we'll see what they do this spring and then in the regular season. Now, the name I brought up briefly a moment ago uh, was that of Matthew Liberatore. He's listed as the number seven overall left-handed pitching prospect in baseball. He did not crack the pipeline's top 100, but he is in the top 10 of left-handed pitching prospects at number seven. Um, so obviously they don't think he's worthless just because he's not in the top 100. In fact, they said this about the former first rounder. We know he can pitch in the majors because he did it over 34 and two thirds innings last year for the Cardinals. What he can be in the show is still up for debate headlined by a plus curveball. He has the four pitch mix to latch onto a rotation, but fastball velocity around 92, 94 
calls into question whether he can be more than a number four starter. The 23-year-old touched 97.7 miles per hour in the majors last year, so getting there more consistently would go a long way. And I totally agree. Like, if you can get Matthew Libertor uh, to his arm strength to get it up where he's sitting between 95 and 97 instead of 92, 94, that's a monster difference, you know? Uh, our own Lindsey Crosby, a locked on MLB prospects, actually compared Libby to Max Fried. Remember when we talked to him uh, a few weeks ago? Uh, he thinks that's who Libertor can be. Like, that's who he reminds him of, just, uh, you know, left-handed, the size and everything, um, and thinks that as soon as he figures out all the mechanics and becomes more consistent, that he's got a very bright future. And he thinks it's it's kind of ludicrous that people have already started to move Libertor down as far as a prospect, okay? Um, I know it seems like we've been waiting on him for forever, <laughs> you know, to figure it out. You know, you hate having to use that that term, but if you think about it in actuality, he's only had three real seasons in the minor leagues. You know, pitchers usually take more time to develop. He got drafted in 2018. He throws nine games that year after getting drafted. Uh, 2019, he's at A ball. He throws 16 games. So in his first two seasons in the minors, he's uh, 25 games. Okay, that's not a lot. That's barely one season uh, normally. Then you got 2020, which is a wash because of COVID. Got to get back into it. 2021, he's got 22 games that he's performed in. 2022, he ups it to 31 total games between Memphis and St. Louis. He's just kind of coming into his own now. Uh, there's no need to rush it, but the fact that he hasn't erupted on the scene, it's frustrated some people. I, you know, you can you can sense it, and it's because of the trade that he was involved in. Uh, they gave up Randy Rosarena as part of that deal to get him. And we all know how well he's done since he's left and gone to Tampa Bay. So no need to add salt to that wound. But Libertor is another name, another first-round pick. They could have an impact on this Cardinals rotation in 2023. I know when we talk about the top five in the rotation, if somebody something were to happen to, you know, Flaherty, Wainwright, Michaelis, Matts, Montgomery, that Dakota Hudson is kind of the next guy up. But what if it's one of the lefties? What if it's Montgomery or Mats that goes down again? You know, is Hudson really the best fit to bring in another righty? It'd be nice to have that left-hander available, right? You've got Zach Thompson, who looked good. But what if Matthew Libertor is that guy who's ready to slide in there and he can be like your number four, you know? We'll see. Um, you may prefer the old Walt Jockety ways of trading top prospects back in the day for veterans and I admit it's hard to argue. It, it, it's not like it didn't work. Uh, they were very successful under Jockety, but with salaries escalating the way they have, um, the Cardinals have decided instead of throwing out a $300 million contract that they're going to put their money on their prospects. And you can see why fans should have at least some optimism here, okay? Some excitement about these guys because they're really good. You know, these guys judge these prospects for a living. And if they think these guys have this kind of talent, Cardinal fans should be excited about it. Embrace the fact that you have young prospects like this on a team that's already really, really good. You know, you're not like the Orioles who didn't have a great year, didn't make the playoffs, have a lot of talent, but, we, you know, we don't know if they're a playoff contending team. The Cardinals without these guys are already playoff contenders, you know? So hopefully they just add more to uh, what this team's already got going forward in 2023. 
And uh, again, I'm excited. I'm excited for it. I can't wait for spring training, and I can't wait to see these guys in action. Once again, thanks for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked on MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby, my man, prospect encyclopedia. He's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Now, if you haven't already, be sure to like and subscribe on YouTube. I appreciate that. We get thousands and thousands and thousands of views, and then there's like 160 likes. I don't understand that. <laughs> so if you would take the two seconds it takes to bing, hit that like button on there. And if you haven't subscribed already, please do so. We would love to have you on board with us on our YouTube uh, channel there. Follow us on uh, Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals and at JD Sports Radio. You're the best fans in baseball for a reason. And I'll see you next time on Locked on Cardinals. 